0: I'm Elizabeth Messer and we're so glad that you're joining us for the second lesson of the New Testament letter to the Hebrews. In this lesson, we will read and discuss the remainder of Hebrews chapter 1, where the author reminds his readers that Jesus is superior to the angels. Why start with angels and why did these Jewish believers have such an interest in these supernatural beings, angels? In this lesson, we will answer all of these questions and more as we learn why Jesus Christ is even better than the angels. Thanks for listening. Sophie did the beautiful artwork for the booklet this year, and Amanda did all the hand lettering that's done on the cover and on the cards, and I decided to call um, the study Finally Fulfilled. It's kind of a a play on words, and the first part is we talk about how there's so much of the Old Testament that shows up in the book of Hebrews, and so... Um, The author is writing to show how Jesus, as our Messiah, has finally fulfilled (coughs) all of these promises for the Old Testament. And I I love how God works this way, because uh, just this week in the lectionary, which is kind of like the yearly readings, um, there was this verse from Matthew right after the um, Beatitudes. It says, do not think—this is Jesus talking—he says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets— I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. And so I love that how Jesus says, I've come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So it's it's a play on words that um, finally fulfilled. These things are finally fulfilled in Jesus And I also, when I write the study, I write it with you guys in mind, so I'm thinking about seniors and just kind of where you are in life. And I think too, at this stage of your life, it's always so tempting to think about, if only I knew about this, if only I knew where I was gonna be living, if only I knew what I was gonna be doing, what job I was gonna have, who I was gonna be living with, then I would feel fulfilled. And um, I think it's, I, and I, I understand that, and, and those things do matter to God, but um, I think we all know that even if you filled in every blank for those questions, there's still an emptiness that isn't filled unless it comes from that relationship with God. So it's kind of a little bit of a play on words there, and we went with... We, did, um, we wanted to do kind of a vintage theme, and so that's why Sophie did all of the artwork. It's kind of like the old, but with a vintage, but fresh. So like the old with a fresh take on it that goes to Hebrews too. So that's, that's where we um, came up with the design for that. And if you want to turn with me to the table of contents, which everyone always skips over, which is fine. But on page five, kind of the boring table of contents. But I wanted to point out the author of Hebrews when he was writing this, he uses this little phrase um, in. It's actually written in Greek, but he uses this phrase "better than" or "superior to." He uses that 14 times when he's talking about Jesus. So all of these. Different things. Today we're going to talk about Jesus is superior to the angels. Jesus is fully God. He's fully man. He's He's better than Moses. He's a better high priest. He's a better covenant, a better sacrifice. All these things. And so um, I just wanted to point that out. That that's a that's a very strong theme that's running through the whole book of um, Hebrews. And sometimes it might feel a little bit competitive, but the, I mean repetitive, but the author's going through there He's trying to show, um, don't worship the angels. Worship Jesus. This is why you should worship Jesus. So, um, So as we go through, we'll be looking at all of those. And like I said, tonight we're talking about how Jesus is better than the angels. Don't be tempted to worship angels. Worship Jesus, who's the Son of God. So let's look at chapter two. I mean, lesson two, which starts on page twelve. Jesus superior to the angels, and um, you should have all. Did everyone get a card for this week? We have an extra Okay, if they're coming around. So this is the card for this week, and it kind of comes at the end of the lesson. Um, but this is kind of our key verse. It says, "Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to?" serve those who will inherit salvation. So kind of keep that um, on the side as we're going because we'll come, bless you, we'll come back to that um, again and again as we talk about what angels are and who they are and how they um, relate to Jesus. But last week, let me pray for us first before we get started. Lord, we thank you for this time. Um, We're so grateful for this time to just come together and to be grounded in your word. We thank you for just a chance to pause during the week and remember um, who you are and and who we belong to. Um, Lord, just send your angels now to minister to us throughout this time, to strengthen us, to encourage us with your word. Just open your words, open our ears and eyes to learn more about you through your word. And we ask this all in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's look at lesson two. Jesus is superior to the angels. He's better than the angels. And last week, we looked at this amazing introduction to Hebrews. Um, Remember how we talked about the the whole of the book of Hebrews could be summarized in those first three verses, which is really just one long verse in the Greek. And so let's go back um, and reread that. So I I passed out verses today. Who has Hebrews 1, 1 through 4? Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Long ago at many times in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son. So, verse 4. So, so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. So, why start with angels? He's had this big introduction. He's talking about who Jesus is, where he is in the heavenlies, what he's done. He's provided purification for sins. And then he leads with, he's, he's so much better than... And he starts with angels. He's—he he, Jesus is so wonderful. He's better than the angels. Okay, so you have to think about the context. Remember that he's writing to the Jewish believers, the Jewish Christians that were living in Jerusalem. And um, it was understood, well, the Hebrew word for angels, the Hebrew and Greek word is messengers. Okay, so they believed that angels were, were messengers, divine messengers, from God, and the Jews believed that that angels were messengers for God, they were kind of intermediaries, and they believed that every um, message, every announcement, everything that had been given to them had been delivered by angels. So here in the beginning where he's talking about in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in many ways. So the Jews knew that God had spoken to them through the prophets, and they also thought he had delivered messages to them from angels. So they knew that angels were divine messengers. But what about this Jesus person, Jesus of Nazareth? What made him better um, than these divine messengers from God? And so Josephus, who's a first century Jewish historian, He said, um, and this is what the Jews believed, we have learned the noblest of our doctrines and the holiest of our laws from angels sent by God. So they believed, they really thought this, that when Moses received the Ten Commandments, okay, that God sent it and these little angels came down and delivered and gave it to Moses. That's kind of how they believed that it was delivered to him. Um, They believed they were special messengers from God. They were intermediaries. So kind of like, you remember the story in the Old Testament about Jacob's ladder and how Jacob has this dream and he sees these angels ascending and descending to earth. So they knew that angels were divine, that they were heavenly messengers. And it was just hard for them to get their mind around that Jesus was as divine as these angels. Okay. Um, So the author reminds these Jewish Christians, so yes, these these messages have been delivered to us by angels, but now we've heard not only from angels, but we've heard from God's Son. So God has sent his Son um, to to, um, come to us and to talk to us. And so remember how I talked about last time when we were just starting out that the author of Hebrews was Jewish, and he's very, very familiar with all of the Old Testament writings, um, the Torah, the Law, and the Prophets, and in the first chapter, what we're going to read tonight, the, the author's really going to start to get on a roll, okay, and they're going to include verses in just this little section from Psalms, several from Psalms, First Chronicles, 2 Samuel, Deuteronomy, um, and others as he's talking about... Jesus's position in the heavenlies, who Jesus was and his position in the heavenlies. Um, and if you've ever studied the Bible and interpreting Scripture, you'll hear this word exegesis, which just means interpreting Scripture. And anytime you study Scripture, they'll say the best way to understand Scripture, the most the purest way is to use other Scripture to read Scripture. So the best commentary, that you have, like if you read something and then you find it somewhere else, that's the best commentary that you can have on other scripture. And so that's what the author is doing here. He's using, instead of just telling us who he thinks Jesus is, he's going to use what the Old Testament writers, what the Holy Spirit said through these Old Testament writers, that these Jewish believers, they knew and they understood and they were saturated in this, He's going to use those Old Testament writings to describe who Jesus is, to convince us who Jesus is. So no other book in the New Testament is as rich in Old Testament references as the book of Hebrews. So let's read some of them. Um, so I think we're going to, did you have Hebrews 1 through 1, 4 again? Can you just read that, verse, that one verse for us again? Having become as much superior to angels... As the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Okay. So he's talking about his position to the angels. And we're mm-hmm. talking about the name that he has inherited is as much superior to theirs. Um, so what is the name that is given to Jesus? What are they, what are they, um, what are they describing him as here in this, in this next part? He's not just Jesus of Nazareth. He's more than that. Yeah, he's the son of God. He's the son of God. So he's saying um, it's not just his position to the angels, but the name that he has um, he's inherited is superior to their name. No other angels get to be called the sons or daughters (coughs) of God. He gets to be called the Son of God. And let's read more about that. So who has Psalm, uh, I mean, uh, Hebrews 1, 5, which is going to be Psalm 2, 7. He's quoting. So who has Hebrew, Hebrews 1, 5? Is that you? Okay. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son. Today I have forgotten you. Or again, I will be to him the Father, and he shall be to So, to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son? Today I have become your father, or I will be his father and he will be my son? No other, none of the angels get to be called that, the son and the daughter or the daughter of God. But here he's saying his name as the son of God is so much superior to the angels in that way. Yeah, and I think I mentioned to y'all that I I got to take Old Testament survey last year, and I'd never heard this, but Dr. Bune said this. I thought it was really helpful that here the author's quoting, he's quoting Psalms, and then he's also quoting 2 Samuel. So when you look in the Old Testament, these passages were said about David, right? They were said about King David. And so Dr. Bune was saying that when you look at these passages— Well, is the scripture talking about King David, or is it talking about someone who's to come after King David? And I thought this was really interesting. He was saying, in in cases like this, it's both and, that yes, he's talking about David um, because he was precious to him, but he's also looking into David and seeing one who would come after David that would be in David's royal line, it would be a son of David but it would be a messiah, it would be a king who would rule forever. So I thought that was really interesting, um, and I wanted to add that, that um, the author's not saying, okay, in Psalms we said this about David, but it wasn't really about David. I thought that was interesting, that it's both and. He's talking about David, but it even has a deeper meaning. He's, he's looking into David, and he's seeing one that will come from David's line that will be even greater than David. Okay, and uh, let's see, and then who has, okay, I was going to skip ahead, and since I wrote the little booklet, we can skip ahead to the next part, but I want to skip over after this part where he talks about, um, this is my son, this is my son, and if you skip over, um, just down to the part where it says, what does God the Father say about his son? Um, And here we have Matthew 1, or Matthew 3, 16 through 17, and the transfiguration, which we read last time. So did I get someone Matthew 3, 16? Did I get someone that passage? So I wanted to look at another part where God here, as the Father, is talking about Jesus as the Son. And this shows up in the Gospels. So this is Matthew 3, and this is where um, Jesus is baptized. And I love this passage, too, because it talks about, um, it. we have the picture of the Son, and we're going to hear from the Father, and we're going to see the Holy Spirit come down. So it's, it's this picture where we see the Trinity all together. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee, to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him saying, "I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me?" Jesus replied, "Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness." Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him which is things landing on him and a voice from heaven said this is my son whom i love with him i am well pleased um and i i love that verse and just it's another picture in the gospels where here the author's quoting the old testament but that's a picture where, during Jesus' ministry on earth, where we see the Father, too, affirm the Son. This is my Son. I'm so pleased with him. Um, and, uh, and then we read, we're not going to read it, but in the Transfiguration last week when we read, do you remember where he goes and, and they showed Jesus in all of his glory? And it's the same, again, um, the Father affirms the Son and says, this is my Son. Whom I, whom I love, and then he says, "Listen to him." Um, so there's this affirmation and this, this understanding. Here it is: Jesus's baptism at the very beginning of his ministry, and that everything he does is going to be grounded in that position of love from his father. So, yeah, I uh, in it's hard to. I was trying to think about this, and I think it's it's hard for us to even grasp or understand this. But um, you know, I'm a mom. I have I have three kids, and uh, this past weekend I was up at the college at my son's swim meet. Um, do we have any swimmers here, here? They're all probably working out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was we were my son had a swim meet. He's on the high school swim team, and so we were over here up at the college. And I was sitting up in the, like, way balcony where it was, like, 90 degrees, and I thought I was going to pass out, you know. And, um, but he is doing the individual, he's doing the medley relay where they all do a different, you know, breaststroke and backstroke and different things like that, but he does the butterfly leg. And it is amazing. It, um, you know, he just, on a whim, do you know, um... Sarah Sheffson, who coaches, she, in five minutes, talked to him into joining the swim team this, yeah. this year, and he did, and he's, he's amazing. We never saw this coming, but he, uh, he, you know, so I'm up there, I'm sweating, I'm about to pass out, and I'm watching this child who belongs to me, you know, who is a part of me, down there doing this incredible thing, and you just feel this, love and pride and, um, you know, and not even so much for his performance, but just, you belong to me, I delight in you, you know, you, um, you know, and it's funny because he, um, he's very competitive, and so he actually was really disappointed, I mean, I thought, I was like, you're amazing, this is so incredible! (laughs) And uh they missed going to districts by like point zero five seconds for their relay team. And so he was mad and upset and uh you know disappointed, but I was like, You did such a great job, this is so great, and he's like, Mom, be quiet, you know. But it's that it's that feeling of you belong to me. You I'm so proud of you, I love you. And if I feel, I think that what I feel is like one tiny little iota of what God feels for his son, um, but it's it's the closest thing you have to compare it to. is just this delight you feel um, for, for someone like that. And I was thinking about it even that, and we're going to read later on where it talks about that. Um, Jesus was with the Father before the creation of the world. And so you're thinking about this relationship that they had and this love that they have between them that's existed before the creation of the world. And, um, and just how God would send his son because he loves us too. And somehow we get to be invited into the overflow of that love that they have between each other. But I, when we read these verses, I, I think about, um, and I think you're supposed to hear the Father's voice saying these things about Jesus. You are my son. Today I have become your father. I will be his father, and he will be my son. And just think of those other verses. This is my son. I'm so pleased with him. And this is at the very beginning of his ministry. You know, he hasn't... Taught one sermon. He hasn't converted anyone. He hasn't had the big ministry. He hasn't done a miracle. He's, he's just pleased with him because he's his son. He belongs to him. Okay, so the author's trying to say this is who Jesus is. It's a part of the Father, it's, it's, um, he's his son. Okay, so let's read on to Hebrews 1 5, which is going to be Psalm 2. So, who has that one? someone have that card? Let's see, I can read. Oh, actually, Psalm 1, uh, 1 6. Sorry. Okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah. And when he brought his supreme son into the world, God said, Let all of God's angels. Yeah, do you remember back, um, do you remember back not too long ago to Christmas when you probably heard or read Luke 2, where it talks about what happens when they announce that Jesus has been born? Do you remember what happens in Luke 2? It says, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. So we have this picture of an angel coming as a messenger to announce Jesus' birth, but not just that, the whole heavenlies is full of angels worshiping him and giving praise and thanks to God. So it's just another picture of where Jesus is in, relate, in relation to angels. And then, um, let's see, who has, let's see. okay, and then this is from, so talking about um, Jesus too, this is from the Nicene Creed, it says, I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all ages, which is this funny word we don't use, we don't go around, you know, I begot you. But it just means that um, it's, it's a part of God, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of the same identical substance as the Father, through whom all things were made. Um, so remember last week when we the card that we had said, he is the radiance of the glory of God. So I love how it picks up there from the Nicene, Nicene Creed. Um, light from light, this image of um, light and how Jesus is, is like the radiance coming out. Um, it's, it's still a part of the sun, but it's of the same substance. It's the, it's the same thing, it's just being represented, it's coming out um, maybe in a different way. God from God, light from light, true God from true God. And I love that because it kind of plays on the verse that we had last week. Okay, so we talked about what does the father say about his son? Um, And then in your small group, we don't have time to do it in our big group, but if you have time in your small group and you want to look at it, you can also look at the parable of the tenants where Jesus is talking and he's talking about there was an owner of a vineyard and he sends these servants to go and give a message and they attack them. So then he sends the sun. And what do they do to the sun? So if you want to read that, um, just for more reading. So what is Christ's position in the heavenlies compared to the position of angels? So who has Hebrews one eight through nine? Okay. But about the sun, he says, "Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, and righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom." You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with oil of joy. Yeah, I love how in this passage there's so many different references. Um, remember last week we talked about how Jesus is the prophet, priest, and king. And I love how in this verse there's so many references to the son also having this kingly um These kingly qualities to your throne, O God, will last forever. Um, Righteousness will be your scepter. So you think about a scepter being something that a king that would represent ruling. Righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. So he's talking about, you know, this king would rule. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has made... um, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. And again, we have this idea of the anointing. Remember how they would do that in the Old Testament with the kings. They would um, anoint Saul. They anointed David. So again, this idea that he was anointed as our king. Okay, so who has Hebrews 1? Um, Hebrews and then we're going to look at uh, 113, which is also talking about his position in the heavenlies. <coughs> okay, Emily? And to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Yeah, so the author's just talking about his position again in, in reference to the angels. Like, do angels get to sit at the right hand of God, this place of privilege, this place of power, this place where it shows that Um, he's he's invited to share in the kingdom. And he's saying, you know, none of the angels ever had this assignment from God to sit at my right hand, um, to be my right hand man, to to participate in the things of my kingdom in this way. And uh, so Jesus was with God in the very beginning and through him created the whole world, including all the heavenlies and heavenly creatures. So, who has Hebrews 1, 10 through 12? I do. Okay. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed, but you are the same. And your years will have no end. Yeah, so again, he's just referencing the supremacy of Christ, that Jesus was there in the beginning before anything was made, in the earth and the heavens and the heavenlies, and that all of those things will fall away, but um, that, that Jesus' rule and reign will be eternal. All right, and, um, and you can also see it's the same thing, you know, from the Gospel of John and from Colossians too. So this is our key verse for the week. Here the author is going to tell us, um, a, kind of describe more. He's talked a lot about the sun. He's going to talk about what is the role of angels? What, um, what is their purpose? So who has Hebrews 1.14? Okay, Emily. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Yeah, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Um, So who is it that will inherit salvation? We'll talk about this in the verse, but... Who is it that will inherit salvation? Us, yes, exactly, us. So angels are ministering spirits sent to save us, I mean, sent to serve us, okay? And I love this quote that I have in your booklet, too, um, that I read in a commentary. It says, it's talking about angels. Theirs is accordingly a service unmarred by self-seeking and directed towards a glorious end. So in their personality and their makeup, angels are servants. Um, they serve God. They're not. They're not selfish. They don't um, do things according to their own plan. They they serve God. Okay. They're sent to strengthen us, to encourage us, to protect us. Um, it's interesting. Um, you. Um, you're, you know you're not supposed to pray to angels and that's what he's talking about um, that you would never um, pray to angels and ask them, but you can pray to God and ask him to send angels. Um, I, I do that a lot where I'll, I'll pray, you know Lord, send your angels to strengthen and encourage and comfort someone send your angels to protect. Um, so you can you can pray to God and ask him to send angels to strengthen and encourage us. But remember that we should never worship angels. Do you remember the part in Revelation where um, John uh, feels tempted? I can't remember if I put this uh, in. It's in Revelations 19 where John is having um, the revelation about Jesus. And remember an angel as a messenger comes. This is in Revelations 19. So this is Revelations 19.9. It says, Then the angel said to me, um, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. At this I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So, um, you know, here the author say, um, yes, we know that angels are divine messages, messengers, but don't be tempted to worship them. Worship Jesus instead. Worship the Son of God, um, not these divine messengers. So after reading these passages from both the Old Testament and the New Testament scriptures, notice how the author distinguishes between the position and purpose of angels and the position and purpose of Jesus, our Messiah. So what I'm going to do now is just give you a few minutes to just work with two or three people around you and kind of work together to kind of fill that in. Um, And then we'll come back together. So... Just find two or three people around you and work together and and fill that in together. So using the scriptures that we've read from, yeah. (laughs) Great. We're going to give you a little bit more time to talk about this because you're small groups. so it'll be interesting to kind of for you to compare and um, see what you worked on. But let's just go ahead and wrap wrap this up. Now, every time, remember how I told you that the author um, throughout the book is going to talk about ways that Jesus is better than other things that the Jew these new Jewish believers were tempted to go back to or go or to worship. And so he always gives a little warning, too. He's, he's kind of exhorting him them, and then he's going to go back and give a warning. He's going to be like, don't do that, and this is why. So who has Hebrews 2, 1 through 4? Be, okay, Julie. Therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution... How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Okay, great. So um, he's talking about, for if the message spoken by angels was binding, he's talking about the law. So the Jews, like I said, they believed that the law had been delivered by angels to Moses. So he's saying if that was, if the, the law that came from the angels was binding and it was punishable, he's saying then how much more should we listen to what the Son has to say? And he's saying that the Son's message, announced by the Lord, Jesus, was confirmed by those who heard him, Um, And also, God testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So he's saying um, angels are sparkly and shiny and they're divine creatures. And so you might be tempted to worship them, but he's saying God backed up what Jesus said with these amazing supernatural Things that happen too, and so, um, so don't don't listen to that. Listen to what the listen to what the son said, and that's his warning. And my final question, I'll let you talk about in your small group, um, was so in that age they were tempted to worship angels over Jesus. In what kinds of things are we tempted in this day and age, in our Christian culture, to add to the message of salvation? So that'll be something good for you to talk about in your small group. Um, Just in what ways have we kind of lost our fascination with Jesus as the divine son of God um, and lost our fascination with his message? And what things do we become distracted by that take away from his message? So I'm just going to end with this short little prayer, and then Jaina's going to pray for I mean, play for us. I'm going to pray for you. Jaina's going to play for you, and we're going to sing together before we break up into our small groups. So let's pray. Jesus, help me to see you for who you truly are, the Son of God who humbled yourself to live with us. were encouraged by that message please join us for the following lessons and be sure to subscribe like and comment on this podcast elizabeth messer shares on your favorite podcasting platform thank you